Listening to sermons as we go about our days, driving around or doing our work, is a perfect reminder of our Lord's promises and of His mercies. This is the mission of Upper Room Media. To make the Word of God accessible to anybody and everybody. The Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God. Amen. So today we read... um, from Luke chapter 5, and it's the calling of the disciple Levi, or Matthew the tax collector. Um, And if you're paying attention, uh, if you're doing the readings, or for those who were Vespers last night, we also read another passage from the Gospel of St. Luke, and that passage is about a story that Jesus gave. A story Jesus gave about a tax collector and a Pharisee went to the temple to pray. Okay, so we have um, that imagery in the nighttime, and then it's giving us this story here um, because the two are connected. It's kind of this, um, what it's trying to compare is those who feel like they are self-righteous, okay, and then those who are on the surface unworthy of God. And in the Vespers Gospel, it shows us that God actually accepted the prayers of the so-called the unrighteous or unworthy um, and rejected the prayer of the other. And that's why today we read um, this passage as well as God calling Matthew and Matthew abandoning everything and following him. Today's story, when I'm reading it, um, sometimes we kind of just read in passing, like Jesus, you know, calls the disciples. I don't remember which movie this was, which Jesus movie this is. But you know, like when he would just call the disciples, they'd be like, okay, like it's time to go with Jesus. Like it was just like an easy thing. Um, And that's kind of, I think, how like we imagine it. but truthfully, all of them had to sacrifice. All of them to follow Christ had to sacrifice. Even Matthew. Like we look at Matthew or Levi, and we look at him, he said, what did he have to sacrifice? Like he was miserable, he's living not a great life. Sure, Matthew was very wealthy, okay? Like he was a tax collector. They're known at that time as very wealthy. So he was living like a comfortable life. He was fine. He was protected by the Romans. From an earthly standpoint, it seems that Matthew has it kind of all together, okay? Obviously, we look at it and his fellow Jewish brothers and sisters did not look at him that way. But from the earthly perspective, it looks like he kind of had it all, all figured out. So when we're reading these stories, um, I don't want us to kind of just pass along like, oh, no big deal, Matthew today follows Christ, great, end of story. Um, But what's interesting to me is actually what we're going to focus on today is following the story. So right after Matthew is like he accepts the calling of Christ and he's going to follow Christ. And when Jesus says, follow me, it's not just like walk behind me. Okay, it's like follow like my way of life and he's going to teach them everything. Um, he does something. What does Matthew do? Right after Jesus calls him, Matthew says, okay, I'm going to follow you. What does Matthew do? He throws a party, okay? He throws a great feast. It says he, like, he was so excited that now like Jesus called him, like he didn't, never could have imagined. So like Jesus calls him, he's so excited he's going to throw a party. And Matthew invites all his friends. He's like, this is a great day in my life. Come, like, it's almost like, like your, your graduation. Like, you know, your graduation, you invite like all your friends and your close loved ones. So who are Matthew's close friends? Who does he invite? Tax collectors, okay, his close friends, and sinners, it says. Okay, so tax collectors and sinners. So Jesus is sitting there, eating with Matthew, tax collectors, sinners, And the story ends there, right? Like, happily ever after, like, great. Jesus is just showing love to everyone. Um, We obviously know that's not the case. What ends up happening is there's tension. Tension enters into this point of the story. um, 
And the tension is that the Pharisees don't like what they see. They see Jesus doing miracles, and they're like, okay, maybe this man is from God, but then he's eating with tax collectors and sinners. Okay, something's off. They don't like what they see. They're uncomfortable. It makes them cringe a little bit. The question that they had for Jesus was simple. Why are you affiliating yourself, being friendly with, calling someone to follow you, and sharing a meal? Sharing a meal in like the Jewish context was like a really big deal. Okay, like sharing a meal isn't just like, uh, like sharing a meal is like, like unity and communion, like together. So sharing a meal with sinners and tax collectors. What they're really asking Jesus is if you're a holy man, like you say you are, or like, like we see by your deeds, like you, if you're a holy man, why in the world would you affiliate yourself with these kinds of people? That's the question that they had. And there is the core difference between how Jesus saw people and how the Pharisees saw people. The Pharisees viewed certain people in categories. And as you see, like tax collectors have like their own special category. That's why when they refer to them, they say tax collectors and sinners. Okay, so it's not just like lump in the tax collectors or sinners. No, they had their own special category. Pharisees viewed people as hopeless, as gross, as whatever, as untouchable, don't go near them, they'll defile you, gross. Jesus viewed people as also children of God who are in need of healing. If you wanted a summary of what Jesus is trying to implement into the minds of the Pharisees and into our minds and in our hearts, is that people can and do change. People can and do change. And actually, a lot of times, people want to change. People desire the change. They just don't know where to go. They just don't know how to start. Like Matthew today, we see clearly he wanted a change. He wasn't satisfied with his life. He wasn't thinking to himself, okay, this life is great. Jesus comes and he says, no, thank you. He wasn't satisfied. He knew he wanted something more. He just didn't know what to do. So Jesus comes and he gives him a chance. The message that Jesus was trying to show them. Why am I hanging out with the tax collectors and sinners? Why am I sharing a meal with them? Because I believe that there's transformation that can happen. I believe that change can happen. They too are children of God, even in this mess that they're in, yes. Even in the mess that they're in. You're probably thinking to yourself, well, that's too simple. Like, how could the Pharisees not accept that? Like, surely they know that. Like, that's too simple. I wouldn't be so sure. Think about it for a second. Is there anyone in your life, is there anyone in your life where you've categorized or you've put into a certain category and you just describe them in a certain way as if that person could never change? That, never, that person could never experience Christ in a way that there's transformation. For example, a boss at work, okay? A boss at work and your supervisor at work and that specific boss, like everybody has like that specific boss, okay, we all have them. I don't, okay, but we all have them. Okay. <laughs> that specific boss, and you're like, that's just an angry person, right? Like we label, that's an angry person. And what I put in my mind, what I put on, on like I categorized my boss as angry, meaning that's just who he is, that's his identity, not gonna change. Or another person in your mind, that person, that's the gossipy person. Like don't tell that person, you say that's the gossipy person. So that person is the gossipy person. Again, label, think about it. We don't want to say it, but we do it. We do it all the time. 
we label people. In our minds, we label people that we interact with or whatever, or like we're trying to figure people out, and we think we figure them out, and then we categorize. Today's a warning about not writing people off and not categorizing people. The application of today, I believe, is that no one is beyond the healing hands of God. If you were to ask the Jewish community at that time, like if Jesus took a poll, okay? Jesus had people in the synagogue and he took a poll and he said, hey guys, I have an idea, what do you think? I'm thinking about having a tax collector follow me. You guys think that's a good idea? Yay or nay? All, all in favor, raise your hand. What do you think the vote would have been? Zero, okay, the vote would have been zero. That's a terrible idea, Jesus. But Jesus looks at them and he looked at Levi today. He looked at all the tax collectors and sinners and said, no, I know they can change because it's not just about them. It's about the power of God. You know, in, in certain situations, like medically, they, they say like there are certain conditions and things like that there's no cure, okay? And, and for a lot of things, like, like we kind of just are like, certain medical conditions, it's sad and what, whatever, but like there's just like no cure. There's nothing a doctor can do. God doesn't have that problem, okay? God, God doesn't, God isn't like faced with that problem. God doesn't have like an art, like an, like an angels, like with an R&D department, okay? Like, like God has it figured out. He hasn't messed, he's like, oh, that one, that, that guy's like really angry. I haven't figured that guy out. Okay, set like five angels here. Can you guys like do some research and development so we can like figure it out? That's not the way it works, okay? And, and I know that sounds silly, but I feel like that's kind of sometimes the way we approach people is we approach people in the lens of they can't change because we just look at them and we forget the intersection between man and God. It's not up to us to determine who's healed, who's not healed, because you have no idea about anybody's life circumstances, their heart, their just demeanor, whatever. It's not for us to determine that. But it's definitely it's up to us to never write people off and to never categorize them. And sometimes the person I write off could be another person in front of me. Could be myself. Oftentimes, I spent like the majority like, of my confessions convincing people, no, God, God really does change people. Like God can really heal. Like God can really help. But we, in our human weakness and our human frailty, we look at ourselves and we say, yeah, but I have this, I have this, I have this, I have this. Or I have the opposite problem. I think I'm great, I'm great, I'm great. Okay, that's a separate issue. But in our human frailty, we look at ourselves and we say, God can't change. And God is saying, like, why? Why are you, like, guessing the, 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 the power that I have. Like, why are you second guessing it? The warning for us is to never write anyone off, not ourselves, but especially others. And I feel like that sometimes our um, like self-defense mechanism to like deal with people, that might be like a difficult person or someone in my life or whatever, but don't write anybody off. Now, that doesn't mean that you um, don't have boundaries and things like that. Like if I know somebody has a history of like stealing, for example, okay, I'm not gonna leave like my wallet right there. Okay, that's just common sense. And also like from like a loving standpoint, like from like not to tempt the person, okay? But by the same token, we don't need to categorize people. We don't need to act like that person is beyond, beyond God's aid, beyond God's help. When we do that and we look at people and we put people in categories, we automatically, whether we realize it or not, subconsciously, we elevate ourselves and we judge the other person. Like we elevate ourselves and we put ourselves ahead of someone else or on top of somebody else. And the Vespers Gospel I mentioned to you guys, that was actually why Jesus gave that story. The Gospel that we read yesterday opens up and it says the following. 
He says, he spoke this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised others. And then he tells the story about two people went up to pray. I know that that, may that never be any of us. Okay, may that never be any of us. But Jesus today is showing us that not only does he want to see everyone healed and changed, but as Christians, as followers of Christ, that there's an expectation of healing. There's an expectation of change. In my own spiritual life, if I live my entire life with God, now of course there's times where I fall back. There's times where I struggle and there's times where I mess up. But if I look at my spiritual life and I don't see God working and changing me, I'm missing something. And sometimes God blinds us from it for our own pride and like humility, like to keep us humble. But truthfully, when, when I'm with God and I'm consistent and I stick with God, not only am I wondering if change is possible, I should expect it. I should expect change because I'm in the hands of God. And that's why Jesus today ends the story with the change, right? The old wineskin and the new wineskin. That's what it's all about, about transformation. God isn't afraid to get his hands dirty, so to speak. And that's what shocked the Pharisees. Like the Pharisees viewed people too much, avoid at all costs, categories. God looked at people and said, I'm going to get my hands dirty. I want to heal. I'm the physician. That's what he comes to do with each and every single one of us. If you looked at Levi's life and you would understand the, the, the hate that the Pharisees had or other Jews had towards him, Levi was despised because he was looked at as like a greedy traitor, essentially. But he also, you could look at him, if you dealt with Levi on a day-to-day basis, you would look at him and say, he's the reason that my child went hungry last night. Like, that's a hard thing to forgive. He's the reason that my child went to, like, hungry last night. And we would look at that and like, oh, that person, that person is the worst person. Like, we would automatically categorize that person as evil. A person took food from a poor family and, and the, the, the child went hungry. And rightfully so, like, that should make us feel uncomfortable. We should say, that's an evil act. And God says, yes, that is an evil act. But that's still my child. Even that evil person that, or person you're calling evil, that's still my child. And I still believe in his healing. God looks at us the same exact way. And if we want God to look at us the same way, that no matter our weaknesses or flaws, that he looks at, looks at us and he says, you're my beloved, come back, continue to walk with me, I'll continue to heal you, then we have to be willing to extend that grace to others. Every single person I encounter is a Levi, has their flaws, has their story, has the, the obvious thing that's in front of you that you want to label them with. And God says, no, that person, no longer Levi, person is my beloved. That person is my child. So I believe today, the question for us that we need to wrestle with is that when I categorize people in a certain way, or I even put this on myself, what am I really doing? Am I really believing that God can change and God does change? And not just God can, but I expect to see change when God is there in the story? Or am I doubting the power of God in my life and in the lives of others? I believe with all my heart, this is one of the most encouraging gospels, is that God can take somebody like Levi, somebody who's despised, somebody who's not liked at all, somebody who, if they said, if Jesus said today, after he did a miracle, he said, I actually think it's a good idea to stone Levi, the people would have agreed and would have just done it. 
But God looks at Levi, and he looks at every single one of us, and looks at every single person that you have that you may be categorized at one point in time, and says, that person's my child. And when they're with me, and they spend time with me, they're going to change, because I have the power to do that, because I'm the great healer. And glory be to God forever. Amen. This talk was brought to you by Upper Room Media. We hope that this talk has, through the grace of God, touched your heart. And we pray that it will not only inform you, but will also transform you and your life with Christ.